Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm privileged to welcome a very, very accomplished veteran from the Indian Army turned entrepreneur and professional, Colonel Samrendra Kumar. Sam, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Ashutosh. Uh, indeed, uh, huge honor to be invited to this show, the brand called You. Uh, I believe it's the third largest brand in the world. And personally, hugely honored because you are, I know you're a son of a very decorated soldier, a, a brigadier with a Kirti Chakra, the second highest. Deco- and, and I'm hugely honored that my name figures with him in the Chetwood Hall. Thank you. So Very so nice. Very honored. And your husband, of, I'm told, uh, naval doctor. Mm. And... Uh, Kind of your very close relationships with, and you have been a corporate leader, you've been an entrepreneur, so hugely honored. Thank you so much. Uh, Sam is the co-founder and managing director of Midcat Advisory. Uh, he's a distinguished veteran and he won the Sword of Honor and the President's Gold Medal at the Indian Military Academy. And all of us know to get the Sword of Honor and the President's Gold Model Medal is a huge, huge, huge accomplishment. Only the best gets it and once a year, I think. So, Sam, let's start talking about you and your journey. What was the motivation to leave a promising career in the armed forces and start off on your own? I, I think the in, informal conversations before we began this show mm-hmm. took me about 36 years back. It took me back to my first day in military academy. So I came, I must admit, I came from a very humble background in Bihar. Bihar was the most laggard even among the Bimaru states then. Mm-hmm. And uh, used to sit on ground and study. And I started studying English in class sixth only. Mm. When I reached NDA, first day I found uh, all these sons of generals, air marshals, admirals, people from Dune, Mayo, Stephens, uh, Modern School, DPS. So they mm. all spoke fluent English, looked much more polished and accomplished. Mm. And I was really having a complex. I thought, you know, uh, I'm just not going to make it. Mm. And then God, all, God intervened. You know, God always helps you when, when you need it. And right. uh, yeah, so they took us to barber shop and they gave us a crew cut and they took off all our jeans and polo tees, fancy dresses and gave us, you know, khaki dress. So we were all now, the playing field has been leveled on day one. And then four years down the line, as you said, very, very kindly introduced, when I passed out and commanded the sword of honor, commanded the passing out parade and received the sword of honor and president's gold medal in the presence of my parents sitting in the first row. I think the overwhelming feeling was... Wow, it didn't matter where you started from. Correct. What you do and what you accomplish, that matters. So thank you for taking well me said. there. Well said, well said. So now I will come to your, I think, your question. Mm-hmm. The question mm-hmm. that you asked me, this mm-hmm. was just a... So I had a dream one in the army. I represented uh, Indian Army at the staff course in UK, which mm-hmm. is a very prestigious staff course. 93 yep. countries represented there. Mm-hmm. Uh, my batchmates from Air Force and Navy are still in service. Both are doing very well. Both are three-star you know, CNC South in Air Force and uh, three-star in Navy. So mm-hmm. they're doing very well. And uh, I chose to hang uniform on the last day of command of my own unit in which mm-hmm. I was commissioned. So it was a huge honor, probably high point in life. Mm-hmm. Um, so military, if you're aware, you know, last day of command is a very, very special. And if you're hanging uniform, the whole battalion lines up and Correct. then you when really ceremonial send off, they pull you out in a Jeep. Mm. So it was a high. I always wanted to leave on a high. Mm. When people still ask you, why are you leaving? And not when they start asking you, why don't you leave? Mm. And I think Ashutosh, it's something that you've also followed in your life. Correct. Well said. Well said. So let's move to now Midcat Advisory. So tell me about uh, this venture and what is the background of the name Midcat? Oh, 
So, do you want the official version or unofficial version? Whatever you want to tell. <laughs> so, uh, so you know, when I was leaving army, I was very busy till the last day of command. You know, so command is uh, in 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 combat, in active operations. Yes. Yeah. Very very busy. So I, did, I had no time to think about what I will do. Mm. What I carried with me was just the learnings from the army, which have stood me well in in corporate career and in mm-hmm. army career, and uh, just the attitude that you can do it. You know. so nothing is impossible okay so midcat midcat is a leading asian risk consultancy and so risk consultancy we work collaboratively with our customers to de risk mm. their businesses and mm. protect their people assets information brands such things mm. now when you talk about risks risks are, when you talk to a banker they will talk about liquidity risk financial credit hedging those kind of risks so we don't do that mm. uh, talk to lawyers they will talk about litigation so we are more into operational risks so the geopolitical risks security risks mm-hmm. integrity risks things like cyber security physical security mm-hmm. fraud risk management so those those kind of stuff we do mm-hmm. name so we wanted a, we wanted to get a name and we were not getting a name and then i had two friends one was mittal and one was katragadda so we said <laughs> okay. okay i know you are cat and so let's make it mitcat and sam you run it and i said now what will i do with this you know useless name people are saying it is like kitcat you know What, okay. what do they do? Mm. So, but, but then we made it mitigating knowledge age threats. Mm. So now we are mitigating knowledge age threats. Very nice, very nice, very nice. And um, you know, you worked with fifty of the top hundred global companies. Um, what is the kind of work that you do in mitigating risk? Oh, so uh, so very quickly, I'll tell you how we got started. What was the motivation to start? Because you know, security and when we when I left army and twenty six eleven happened soon after that, just seven years after nine eleven had happened in the US. Mm-hmm. So that time, security and risk consultancy was completely dominated by foreign players who mm-hmm. had very little understanding of India. So if a bomb blast happened in Kashmir or some incident happened in Nagaland, mm-hmm. so there will be travel bans to who? Basically, Chennai and Bangalore. Correct. So 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 we said this must change, and we have capable people in India. Mm-hmm. So it was our desire to build a great brand. You know. with a deep understanding of india the developing markets the asian sub the asian continent mm-hmm. so, which we can take to the world so that right. is where we started from and mm-hmm. what's the kind of work we do uh, essentially we that time thought we saw that security was very proactive it was like non glamorous it was just associated with guards and other mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. we wanted security to be business relevant employee friendly uh, very intelligence led tech enabled very consistent mm-hmm. and and give a great employee experience and save people you know money save businesses mm-hmm. money mm-hmm. So, so the the kind of work we do is essentially we started out as a consulting company then we went when we uh, so that gave us a little bit of brand and traction with the customers then we switched to services now we are largely a technology led we are largely into uh, uh, you can say a technology company okay very interesting very interesting and and what have been some of your challenges as you have scaled up uh, so i think that's another excellent question uh, in fact i am tempted to ask you the same question because okay. you have huge amount of entrepreneurial learning and knowledge when, when when you start your podcast i will answer that okay thank you <laughs> <laughs> so let me start with the beginning you yeah. know first generation entrepreneur you understand you know didn't know where to yeah. start uh, no didn't know how to form a company no talent wanted to join us i told you people used to tell us the name is frivolous kitcat mm-hmm. i used to tell them okay if tata bata has worked midcat will also work mm-hmm. and in in fourth month on top of that we lost a lot of money Okay. Uh, with uh, a, a very great sporting project mm. and uh, i had to sell my house to keep the company afloat actually we had 22 people 
and we didn't want to let them go you know just we didn't want to fire them it was something which was a very very kind of uh, we just couldn't uh, think of it as a as a fudgy so i think it was more the decision was more motivated by fudgy background than mm-hmm. entrepreneur but i think it earned us a good reputation let me talk about the entrepreneurial learnings i think that's the yep. more interesting bit of the question mm-hmm. I, i think you will agree with me i think entrepreneurship involves a fundamental mismatch between resource and ambition absolutely you know, you would, you would mm-hmm. absolutely agree with that um, so essentially what i learned is technology has to be at the core if you want to scale up right. you know so i said we started the consulting then went to service and now we are more a technology company mm-hmm. and on the way to becoming very asset light data heavy and algorithmically inspired mm-hmm. i think that's the way to go mm-hmm. so one thing i learned is focus you know and we call it do less to do more mm-hmm. because you meet entrepreneurs they will tell you i want to do three things and one will succeed and i tell them none will if you do one thing purely focus on that and then your chances and you're passionate about and you can rally people around your cause then then the chances of uh, success uh, uh, exponentially increase well said mm-hmm. people 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 i think people are the backbone you must surround yourself with people who are brighter than you and don't mm-hmm. feel insecure in their company and 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 give the devil their due let go is a very important thing i heard mr jaswant singh late jaswant singh saying uh, the graveyards of the world are full of people who thought they were indispensable mm. so so we must let go cash flows are important because one of my uh, co-founders used to tell us who is no longer with us he used to tell us top line is vanity bottom line is sanity mm. and cash is reality wow uh, <laughs> what a great line mm. <laughs> covid actually taught us to segregate uh, good and bad costs mm-hmm. you know so and, and i also learned that there is no right or wrong age to be an entrepreneur because the founder of uh, you know the whole lot of entrepreneurs who start early and then there are people who start in the middle some people like you mm-hmm. and then there are people like founders of kfc who started at 66 or my own chairman after leaving army as a lieutenant general he started at uh, probably 61 62 and he is five successful entrepreneurial ventures wow and he had a lot of job offers in government and private sector mm-hmm. so so again you can and finally i learned that never waste a crisis mm-hmm. because it takes a crisis for leaders to shine because when times are good even donkeys look like horses correct so, so it's only during crisis that you can figure out who is the leader well so said. that's roughly very well said so moving on uh, sam as a security and risk professional how do you de-risk client business and protect vital assets for them okay this is letting getting it te- getting little technical but i will try to keep it very simple mm-hmm. so uh, ashutosh you understand it well but just for the benefit of listeners so uh, so risk is about five things so mm-hmm. firstly every organization has got asset something of value mm-hmm. like people material information brand so these are all assets now there are natural and man made threats from mm-hmm. terror crime or interstate conflicts to hackers bad mm-hmm. guys who who exploit vulnerabilities or weaknesses mm-hmm. to create risks to assets mm-hmm. and these risks could be strategic operational financial legal reputational and these risks have to be basically brought down or mitigated to acceptable level by application of countermeasures or controls which mm. could be people technology infrastructure or or processes so so that's what we do we we identify assets mm-hmm. you know of businesses and see how threats uh, exploit vulnerabilities to create risks to those organization mm. and how we can mitigate them in a cost effective manner uh, so that the business interruption is uh, minimal and and business can flourish interesting so you know you spoke a few minutes ago about technology and risks the risks that you know when i was in the corporate world three decades or two and a half decades ago it used to be someone coming and taking away your uh, 
you know, IPR. And we used to be very conscious of the fact that any kind of uh, confidential documents had to go through a shredder. And then we started to find that people would collect the shredder waste and collect, can you know, uh, be able to combine those pieces and get uh, the, the, the uh, vital secrets out of the company out. What are some of the major security and risk challenges businesses face today? So, so, so essentially, let, let me look at your know, risk is very context specific. The, what you call that is called dumpster diving, where mm. actually you collect garbage and you can really put pieces together and we have to do it early in our career. Mm. And risk is very context specific if you look mm. at, you know, if you go to an oil and gas or a chemical environment, you'll probably see a lot of emphasis on fire safety because it's very inflammable, a lot of right. things on environment, a lot of environmental pressures and concern. Mm. Mm. If you go to factory setup, it's more about unions. If it is, if you talk to bankers, I told you, they talk about all those financial risks, liquidity, hedging, mm. forex, et cetera. Mm. If you go to IT and data, sens data sensitive organizations like banks, they're very, very worried about cybersecurity. If you go to an e-commerce guy, it is is more about you know the whole lot of last mile delivery guys you will see floating and that introduces people risk. Correct. They have assets which are lying all over the ground and all mm. over the supply chain, so that introduces asset risk. So when people and asset risk combine, then they have operational risk that leads mm. to financial and brand risk. So Correct. so every every organization faces. Now if you look at more strategic level, if you look at from a national level and you know large enterprises, mm. I think they could be categorized more into geopolitical risks, which is more like interstate conflict or Correct. you know U.S. China not getting along well or terrorism or or, or one of those things. Sure. Or socio-economic risks, which could be something like um, crime or it could be naxalism. Mm. Uh, there are environmental and health risks from pandemic to climate change, which is a ticking time bomb. There is cybersecurity mm. risk, which will fall under technology risks. Mm. So that there are travel-related risks, physical risks to employees. So you could go on and on. Everybody sees it from their own lens. Correct. And you're involved in all these areas. Yeah, we are, we are involved in. Uh, across the whole country. Across the country, and we've now worked in 40 countries across. Oh, wow. 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 Fantastic. So one of the other things that, uh, you know, when I talk to uh, business leaders, one of the big concerns they have is that while technology is very, very good for growth of their businesses, there's also a huge risk associated with technology, either through hacking or through over-dependence or just through uh, uh, technology getting old. I'd love to get your perspective on how are you using technology to manage the risk for your clients? Oh, I think that's a wonderful question. And if I were to break your question in two parts, I think you're asking me two things. Yeah. How is technology increasing risk? And, and in turn, how do we use actually technology to Absolutely. do Absolutely, yes. So is, is that what you're asking? Correct, so two separate questions. Yeah, so, so let's look at some of these terms, you know, which are very much bandied about these days. Digitization, automation, digitalization, and digital transformation. Now, these are all terms, you know, which are used and, and they have slightly different connotation. Mm. But what they all do is, and we can come to that, um, but what they all do is they increase the surface area for attackers. Mm -hmm. Now, attackers now can operate over a much wider front. So there will be about 20 billion devices, IoT devices. Mm. Now each device is a vulnerability. And you add to that, you know, five, six billion users of which four and a half billion have no idea, you mm. know, about, about security. So, so that, that kind of makes the job of uh, these bad guys very easy. Mm. And to see the amount of data, you know, you have UPIs, so you'll have millions of transactions daily, 40 billion transactions in a year. 
so they have to be lucky you know 0.00001% so guy sitting in jamtara he can hack into the system mm. and 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 it's kind of getting much more it's much easier to procure these things procure mm. the technology it's much affordable so yeah. you can actually buy a commercially off the shelf drone and one guy brought gatwick airport to stand still in, mm. in, in december 2018 correct it was attack on indian thing even militaries are you know still learning how to grapple with all these challenges of the, the bad guys just getting access to technology mm-hmm. so it's getting so how do we actually how do we turn it around how mm. do we so as as i said all the most of the attacks are now machine led mm. so if you want sophisticated defenses whether at national level or at enterprise level you know large mm. enterprise i'm talking about mm. so your defenses also have to be machine led mm-hmm. because human beings over a period of time you know tend to kind of get tired get things so it has to be very very consistent mm-hmm. so the technologies which are showing promise are machine learning and deep learning technologies self learning algorithms so we have an ai assisted platform so that is able to give customized uh, you know intelligence to mm-hmm. alerts and advisories to each of the command centers and to large organizations to stay ahead of the game mm-hmm. for example if it is a logistics company or e-commerce company if a tree falls down on a road they must know and they should automatically get and they should be able to reroute so mm-hmm. as not to lose business or mumbai if it is going to rain tomorrow and and it's going to be a high tide together and and it's going to lead to flooding then you, you can leave employees to ours mm-hmm. uh, earlier If, mm. if you knew that mm. so then blockchain is another so we provide these kind of intelligence yeah. and alerts that is subscribed by world's largest corporations so blockchains uh, i think blockchains are putting out the intermediaries and 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 preventing tampering with ledgers correct so that is another very kind of use for soft, mm. in in high high security things and mm. it will be very popular in banking and finance mm. biometrics is showing another lot of promise and you know mm. you could have whole world actually everybody's biometrics taken and you could have passports and other things linked cyber security uh, defensive technologies are proliferating and again bulk mm. of them have ai and all at the center mm. and and you at national level we are having proliferation of these bodies certain sectoral certs and all so they are also using uh, uh, they are also using these two technology in a sophisticated manner mm-hmm. so i could go on and on but probably yeah, yeah, yeah. just, just one more question mm-hmm. i think uh, as as a military guy and you have some military background too Uh, you will always understand there is always the uh, race between good guys and bad guys so mm. there was tanks and then anti tank weapons came in and then tanks increased their mobility firepower and protection and then anti tank got more sophisticated and this race goes on mm. and then you have drones and then counter drone technologies and then counter counter drone and you had electronic measures and then came electronic counter measures and electronic counter counter so mm. that that i think that will go on and on and very interesting and, very interesting so you know all this technology and everything that we being exposed to as human beings brings in this big element of privacy and uh, more more you know a lot of people certainly in 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 the urban centers around the world feel that their privacy is being intruded into which also means there is a challenge of your own security and uh, you know someone coming into the world that you are living in either as an individual as a family a society or as a corporation do you also look at some of these Oh yes. Uh, so so let's let's go back a little step. Let's uh-huh. dissect what you said. Mm. So firstly, nations, organizations, and business leaders across the world they started realizing the value of data. Correct. And 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 I have a statistics, a research by a very respected organization, mm. which says that there will be more value accruing from data rather than from global trade. Correct. Over the next few years, and yeah. probably would agree with that. Mm-hmm. So, so now this all these valuable assets have to be protected. So now data is your crown jewel. So you need to protect it. So they started putting legislations last year. You would, you would have seen China went into overdrive regulating you know big tech. Correct. Big tech. 
and then there were the other reasons. So data localization is becoming the next big thing. Yeah. I mean, it's a global phenomena. Mm. You know, we, we see it all across the world. Mm. And on, on privacy also, you know, so there are laws which are combining security and privacy. And as you'd be aware, GDPR is the most famous among yeah. them. Mm. Mm. So legislations, let me look at it, there are two types. One is the horizontal, which applies to everyone, which is like mm. GDPR or something like that. Then they are sectoral. So healthcare, you will have HIPAA or mm. India is enacting its own Disha. I love this government. They have got a lot of these acronyms. Mm. So, so you will have various kind of regulations to regulate banking or finance sector to healthcare sector, ed tech sector. So our own individual data protection act law that has been in the inbox for some time now, and, and hopefully it will see the light of the day. Okay. Next section of parliament, inshallah. Okay. So uh, Sam, I'm now going to move to a few questions for you personally. Um, my viewers and listeners love to get to know my guest a little better. So let me start by asking you that as a successful uh, 4G, a successful businessman, um, recipient of such a high amount of uh, recognition within the army, what would you say are three key milestones in your life or your career? So I, I think I will not take the milestones uh, as a, I would not take the milestones, uh, let's say, as a particular event. Sure. I would probably take three phases in life. Mm -hmm. So I think firstly, uh, just as a village boy, I said, started as a village boy and getting to army was a big cultural Absolutely. change and, and I would say a shock. And, and then probably getting to being commanding officer of a combat unit, a very old decorated distinguished unit. Mm -hmm. So that I think completely changed my life. But in between there was one more phase, which I want to draw attention when mm -hmm. from an Indian citizen, I became a global citizen. First mm -hmm. time that I went to UK to attend my staff course and did my master's from King's College London. You were exposed to 90 countries. People thought differently. You learned mm -hmm. about the importance of diversity, you know, the important dignity of labor to get over pettiness, you know, some of which we had been brought in being in a very enclosed environment. Mm. So, so, so that was, I think, the first kind of a thing, which was transformation from village boy to that. Mm. Second is, I think, entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship gave me the, uh, you know, I think it was my calling. It mm. gave me a chance to express myself, my creativity and ambition, mm. uh, put my expertise, whatever I had learned mm. for greater good of society, business, everyone, uh, Help me to democratize wealth, create job opportunities. So I, I think that has been very satisfying. Okay. I think family is, if I would be failing in my duty, if I didn't say family, mm. uh, I think education is the best gift you can give to children. Okay. So let me just give you one interesting anecdote on, mm -hmm. on this. Mm -hmm. I, I was an entrepreneur and my daughter wanted to go overseas and I didn't have a dime in my pocket. Mm -hmm. Even I did not get education loan. Mm -hmm. Okay. And on top of that, you know, when you don't get education loan and through your platform, I want to tell government of India, mm -hmm. if you don't get education loan, if you're poor enough, and if you're still there to send your children, you have to pay a 5% surcharge. Wow. So I have no money. My daughter wants to study and uh, happy to say that uh, day after tomorrow, I'll be paying her last installment of her education. Amazing. Congratulations. Amazing. So, 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 and so you have to kind of mm -hmm. give the best to your children. They shouldn't have suffered the consequences of my living a career and getting Fantastic. onto the system. So, so I think these are three things I said. And wonderful. So, you know, I've always been uh, uh, very, very uh, uh, appreciative and partial to, to 4Gs uh, because I know irrespective of what your background may be, the values that you stand for are very similar. I want to ask you, what are some of the core values you believe in? I mean, I think it is uh, integrity. Mm -hmm which I think will come top as a fudgy. Mm -hmm. I think teamwork is very, very important. I think together mm -hmm. we win. 
And, and then one more thing that I feel is human potential is limitless. And again, I want to give you a story very quickly in 30 mm -hmm. seconds. Uh, uh, so uh, Jawan from my battalion joined my company mm -hmm. and he didn't know how to operate a computer. So I told him that, I told a young person in my company, please teach him computer. He says, sir, he can't learn. I said, okay, if he doesn't learn in seven days, you find another job because mm -hmm. then you are a poor leader. Believe mm -hmm. you, in six days, he yeah. actually learned computer. And when, okay. when he went to his home, he was trying to open daughter's computer and she would say, nahi, papa, toot jayega. Mm -hmm. He says, and he really opened and put the password and he was able to do that yes. word and Excel. So amazing. So oh, human. What an amazing story. What an amazing story. So let me move now. I've got time for two more questions. Um, so I'm going to combine two questions and I said, so I've asked you that what does success mean to you and what inspires you? I think success, I mean, it's a very, I think very broad question. So I'll just try to put, make it very narrow the answer. I think it's just about fulfilling my roles and responsibilities and roles and responsibilities. Uh, you wear multiple hats to family. Like I said, give best education to the children and learning and mm -hmm. help them pursue their calling and passion mm -hmm. like I did. Uh, to my organization, Midcat, um, we have a shared dream as a team and, and we have to help realize and as the head of the family, I have to help. Uh, I lead the marketing and branding and so we have to make it a great brand which is continuously admired by customers, which continuously reinvents itself and continuously attracts and retains the best talent. So that's my job. Uh, to the nation, I was a soldier first and uh, been an honest taxpayer and a responsible citizen who abides by laws. Wonderful. And to a society, as an entrepreneur, I think use my skills and creativity. We democratize wealth. We create high quality jobs. Mm -hmm. I enter veterans and entrepreneurs and finally use networks to kind of add value to each other. Mm -hmm. and, and for the less fortunate, have a sense of empathy. And if you can give back something. Wonderful. And my last question to you, and this is a question on failure. I also have a book on failure. I've often said and spoken at conferences that people in South Asia, Mm -hmm. or, or East Asia, don't teach children it's okay to fail. We are always taught first in class, head of the line, etc., etc., And then that manifests itself in our behavior patterns. Yet we fail, we learn. My question to you is, Sam, what have been some of your learnings from some of your mistakes? Oh, so on, on just a very generic statement, I, I'm, I'm quite okay to fail and I allow my team to fail, but I just tell them fail fast. Mm -hmm. Don't lie in lingering death, which is entrepreneur you would kind of. Mm -hmm. But let me come to a very to your question. Uh, firstly, the first time as entrepreneurs, we all make mistakes. Mm -hmm. You would agree with that. There's nothing yeah. to hide. You know, I'm talking to a fellow entrepreneur. Yeah. So we all make mistakes. So first time is learning cost. Mm. Second time is stupidity. Third time is super stupidity. So now you're talking to a guy who's super stupid. Mm -hmm. I'm in the super stupid league. I became entrepreneur. People told us, don't do this. Mm. Experienced entrepreneurs like you mentored me. I still did the same mistake. Mm. So became so it was no longer learning cost, but I'll still count it as learning cost because mm -hmm. it was my first cost. Okay. Then when I joined up with some other partners, they made the same mistakes, which mm. I had already made. Mm. Okay. So we were now entering super stupid league. And, and the, one of the ventures went NPA and uh, we actually, we still kind of, we just, today morning, I paid off the last installment mm -hmm. to the bank with one-time settlement. Wonderful. So, so mm -hmm. you know, kind of whatever you learn, you know, please keep learning costs low, fail mm -hmm. fast. Now, let me just take a story from my family. Mm -hmm. And I just want to take two more themes because failure yeah. is also very close to my heart. Yeah. My yeah. grandfather was doing well. He was, uh, he had few bit of land holding and he was doing okay. Till the time he decided to be signatory to somebody, you know, he was guaranteed yeah. to somebody's loan and he mm -hmm. ran away. And thereafter, whole life, balance of life, whatever, five, six years he lived. Mm -hmm. He was most of the time in the court and he was drained of all the money and that must have taken a toll. 
mm. and and he almost died a poor man mm. and he told us that never take loan i i still did the same mistake i was director in a company where i knew people are not doing well and i was hoping that it will kind of turn around and it didn't and so again i have told you that i have joined the super stupid league mm -hmm. and hopefully my children are listening they will not make the same mistake on the specific mistake mm -hmm. i think worst hiring is i think wrong hiring is the worst mistake you can do as an entrepreneur mm -hmm. probably you will agree yeah. and so now we have tried to correct that so mm -hmm. finally we have bitten the bullet and we said no so we now when we hire we have 70 rule mm -hmm. so seven people see a person and vice versa mm -hmm. he or she gets to see seven people in the company and if it is a, it's it has to be a 70 when if it if it is 60 or one guy says maybe mm. it's not a no it's curtains mm. so that's that's how we try to learn well said well said on that note sam uh, thank you so much for speaking to me it has been an absolute pleasure and a privilege talking to an army officer who's achieved so much in life thank you for talking to me about midcat advisory uh, about all the stuff that you are doing for security and risk mitigation for so many companies from around the world and thank you for talking to me about some of your values thank you and good luck so, so thank you very much ashutosh it's been an absolute delight and honor uh, talking to a legendary entrepreneur like you and somebody who values military so much so thank you very much i want to just end on one note that from 3500 bc to 1700 ad mm -hmm. india was 25% of global gdp mm. so flattening of the world demographic dividend the young people i see the fire mm. in their eyes the young entrepreneurs mm. so i'm very very bullish about the future of india i think we must seize the moment and to my young friends our time has come thank you what a, what a, what a positive note to end on thank you thank you for listening to the brand called you video cast and podcast a platform that brings you knowledge experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals you can also follow us on youtube facebook instagram and twitter just search for the brand called you